Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Got a lot in store for you on today's show. We're always locked and loaded. Of course, we always make sure that we bring you the most entertaining show, most challenging show, most interactive show. We do everything we can to uncover every single stone, and we do it here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton and your boy Q. We're in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and of course, throughout the course of the show, we want to hear from you at the 702-365-9200. That's our phone line. And then, of course, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Earlier today, it became official that the Raiders signed cornerback Duke Shelley. Uh, he played for the Minnesota Vikings last season, played in 11 games, had five starts, and uh, had a career high in tackles with 30, interceptions one, and uh, had eight passes defense. And so, uh, looks like a pretty good player. And you know how I could tell he's a pretty good player? So many Minnesota fans were angry. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing about it. I know Raider Nation has not been super fired up and excited about all the signings that the Raiders have made, but you could tell when a fan base is really angry that that player was was somebody, right? And, and of course, Raider Nation, we've all seen guys leave from the Raiders that, that fans get upset about. Like, well, you know, like even when Darren Waller was traded, I can't see why they traded him. You know, I mean, there's always guys in an organization. Sometimes it's because they're a really good player. Sometimes it's just because they're a fan favorite. But when it comes to Duke Shelley, the cornerback, Vikings fans were pretty angry about him uh, not being uh, retained there in Minnesota. So now he's part of the silver and black rotation. And, man, they've been busy. I don't, I don't care what grade you want to give them. They've been very busy just kind of filling a hole here, filling a hole there, adding a one-year guy here, adding a one-year guy there, just trying to do the best they can to kind of fill out that roster and then get ready for the draft at the end of April. Of course, Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, Champ Kelly, they were all in Alabama today for Bryce Young's Pro Day. They were there at Ohio State yesterday for uh, C.J. Stroud's Pro Day and, of course, all the other prospects that come from Ohio State and Alabama. But they're on the road. They're getting busy, but they're still getting deals done. So Duke Shelley, cornerback, played with the Minnesota Vikings last season, is the latest guy that they signed. 11 games he played in, five starts, uh, career highs and tackles with 30, interception with one, and pass defense with eight. And Honestly, from what I saw, and I just saw a little glimpse of, of him, you know, it's not like he was a household name that I just knew, oh, man, that's a great signing. But from the highlights that I was able to look at, everything that I read about him, pretty good little player. So with all that being said, got a lot to get to on today's show coming up in about a matter of minutes, probably about three minutes or so. We'll kick off the opening drive with Mark Craig from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. He'll join us to talk all things Duke Shelley and exactly what he meant to Minnesota, how big of a loss that is for Minnesota. You know, they got Brian Flores there as their defensive coordinator now, and he looked like a guy that fit exactly what Brian Flores wanted to do. So I saw, again, a lot of Minnesota fans upset that he is no longer in the mix. So Mark Craig from the Minneapolis Star Tribune will join us in a matter of minutes to kick off the opening drive to talk about Duke Shelley. Vinny Bossignor from the RJ and, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920 in the morning tailgate will join us at 2.30 and talk about the grand scheme of things when it comes to the silver and black. And he'll be at the owners' meetings next week. I'll be at the owners' meetings next week, and I'll ask him what he's looking forward to, uh, what he wants to come out of the meetings with, what kind of information he wants to as we talk to Mark Davis, we talked to Dave Ziegler, we talked to Josh McDaniels. I mean, we're going to get up close to personal with all those guys, and that's what the uh, the great opportunity of being at the owners' meetings will be, and that'll be in Phoenix, Arizona. So, so Vinny Bonsignor will join us coming up at 2.30. Chrissy Freud, Freud from SI.com. We've had her on the show before. She's going to talk about quarterbacks. 
She's going to join us to talk about quarterbacks in 2023. She's going to outline the Caleb Williams, you know, the 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 Drake Mays. She's going to talk about a bunch of quarterbacks to really look forward to coming up in 2023. They're still in college. Not guys that are going to be in the NFL draft, but guys that are still in college. So we're going to kind of take a deep dive into those guys just to see how she compares and contrasts the quarterbacks that are in the draft this year as opposed to the ones that could be in the draft next year. And the crazy thing is, if you think about even last year's draft, I don't know how many people remember how many quarterbacks went in the first round. There was only one. Only one quarterback went in the first round last year. That was Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh. And so, obviously, this year, we're anticipating four people going in the top ten, and then possibly a fifth if Hendon Hooker goes later in, in round one. So it's a big difference from what we saw last year to what we'll see this upcoming year when it comes to the draft. But Chrissy Freud, SI.com, will join us at 3 o'clock. Sheena Quick, our good friend from 1340 Fox Sports. She covers the Panthers like a glove. Been monitoring the, the uh, Ohio State Pro Day and obviously the Alabama Pro Day today. So she'll talk about the the Carolina Panthers and what they have going, you know, moving forward now that they're at the number one spot in the NFL draft, who they could be looking at, uh, who they were looking at at Ohio State, which we believe is C.J. Stroud, obviously. But then they're there with Bryce Young today. So we'll kind of compare and contrast the past two days as far as the pro days go, see what she saw from from C.J. Stroud and what she saw from Bryce Young and where she thinks that Carolina is leaning. So Sheena Quick will join us at 3.30. We'll hear from Mel Kuyper uh, coming up at 4 o'clock. He had his little uh, pre-draft conference call uh, yesterday, and we broke that thing down, so we'll have some sound bites from him coming up at 4. And then at 4.30, Jennifer Mercedes from LaVita Baseball will join us talking all things the WBC. She was on the scene in Miami, so we'll get her coming up at 4.30. So those are the guests that we have coming up at 2.30. Vinny Bossignor, Chrissy Freud from SI.com at 3, Sheena Quick at 3.30, and Jennifer Mercedes at 4.30. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And helping us kick off the opening drive is our good friend Mark Craig, Minneapolis Star Tribune, covers the Vikings like a glove. And Mark, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I wanted to talk to you all things Duke Shelley. He was a guy that the Raiders signed earlier today, made official, and I always kind of know what kind of player a guy is when I can tell the reaction from the fan base. And from what I saw, Mark, the fan base wasn't too happy that Duke Shelley was no longer a member of the Minnesota Vikings. How big of a player was he, even though he was in a limited role in 2022? Yeah, I mean, Duke wasn't here very long, but I think uh, he endeared himself because, you know, other than Patrick Peterson, he was their best corner, which is really strange when you think, you know, he's, he's brought in in September, I think, as a you know practice squad guy, didn't really play much at all. In fact, but, you know, he played such a big role, you know, and he played three snaps in that uh, Buffalo Bills game, you know, that probably the game of the year in the NFL where the Vikings won 33-30 in overtime. He, an injury to Dantzler, Cameron Dantzler, brings him into the, onto the field in overtime. He plays three snaps, but one of them is he's 5'9", he's, 5'8". Uh, he's, five, 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 he's stuck on the tight end, Dawson Knox, who's like 6'5", and there, it's, a, it's a goal line play, and, and, and he goes up and challenges his tight end and, and has a pass deflection, a great pass deflection for a guy making his first snaps as a Viking. And then I think the next play, uh, Peterson um, ends the game with an interception. So, you know, from that point on, he was, uh, he was a pretty good player. You know, he's not Deion Sanders or anything, but he's a, he's a great overachiever, a good guy, you know, fun guy to talk to. Um, I think they wanted to bring him back, but I think Duke realized that he had some uh, – you know, probably some more lucrative offers somewhere else. 
You know, I saw the fact that, you know, Brian Flores is there now as a D.C., and it, it felt like to me that he really fit in with what Brian Flores wanted to do. Uh, how big of a loss do you believe that he is for the Vikings and that defense now ran by Brian Flores? Well, I mean, they've got, they got a long way to go before their cornerback room is set. I mean, they're, they're really relying on a, you know, an injury-prone guy that they picked in the second round last year, um, you know, to, uh, to be healthy. Uh, and, uh, and another guy is picking the fifth or fourth or fifth round that they need to be healthy. They went out and they got Byron Murphy from the Cardinals. Uh, but, yeah, I think they, they were counting on uh, Duke coming back. But, you know, they're a team that was up against the salary cap, and everything that they've done has just been – you know, there, there's there's so many restrictions with their salary cap and having to let guys go. And uh, they would have liked to have had him, uh, but it's a blow right now. But you know, I, I would think that they would. You know, they're going to be drafting a corner, and, and uh, so yeah, for now it is. But uh, you know, fortunately for them, they don't have to play this weekend. <laughs> right. There's no doubt about that. Again, we're talking with uh, Mark Craig, talking all things Duke Shelley here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Demond's got one for you. With Duke as a corner, where was he best used on the field last season? Well, he came in and he was starting on. You know, he's better than Cameron Dancer. Dancer's a guy they just let go. I mean, he was he was still under contract, but I don't think they thought he was worth the two or three million dollars. Uh, you know, the guy that came in a couple years ago was pretty good as a rookie or in in training camp, and then it was decent as a rookie, and then just kind of regressed from there, but. You know, uh, Duke was a guy that, uh, you know, outside, they didn't play him on the inside at all. Uh, but because they, they had um, Chen and Sullivan, you know, the old former Packer, playing, didn't play very well in the, in the slot for him. He's not coming back. But, you know, Duke was a guy that, you know, was, uh, really, really played above what you would expect based on how he came in. In fact, there was one, uh, I was doing a story on, uh, you know, who, you know, going up to the players in the locker room asking who their most uh, underrated Viking was. And uh, Jordan Hicks, the linebacker, he, he looks around at all, he looks around at all the nameplates and he goes, you know, Duke Shelley by far. He said, you know, Duke came in here and you'd have thought he was a first round draft pick, but not in a uh, annoying way. He came in with a swagger, uh, you know, just shorter guy and uh, you just kind of overlooked someone like him. And, you know, he, you know, he really stepped up for them whenever they, you know, they couldn't count on guys with, uh, that they had more, that they invested more in when they couldn't come through for him. You know, here's a guy that, you know, draft day three, late day three draft pick that, uh, the bears gave up on and, uh, and they, and they just brought him in as a practice squad guy. So, yeah, you know, not, not, he's not an all pro, but he's, he's pretty darn good for, for what they invested in him. Mark, you mentioned the fact that he didn't play in the slot, and he's only five foot nine, and we know that. And you can't, you know, I mean, whatever. You're, you're as tall as you're going to be, right? I mean, he's five foot nine. That's who he is. He's been playing on the outside. How versatile is he, though? Does he have that ability to play in the slot? I would think so. You know, it, those are t- tend to be the, you know, the shorter, you know, quick twitch guys. I, I think he could do that uh, if that's what they're. Uh, if that's an opening that they had, the Raiders had, I don't know off the top of my head, but if that's something they were looking at and they signed him, I would think that uh, that they believe he can do it. What were some of the games last season or particular teams that you can remember that did have his number or some times where he would get lost in coverage? Yeah, you know, off the top of my head, I, I can't really remember. I mean, you know, there there were times where uh, he got beat uh, – I don't know if the Giants were the one if he was on the play where there was a there was a lock in the playoff game, uh, but 
Yeah, I mean, he, there were times when all of them got beat. Even Peterson got beat. Um, it's not going to be perfect uh, by any stretch, but he, he's a scrapper. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> right, no doubt. Well, when you're five foot nine, you better be a scrapper, right? I mean, we got uh, a guy here in Vegas and Amik Robertson who uh, he, he kind of has that same attitude, a, a shorter dude, but uh, he brings it. He, he, he doesn't mind getting uh, nasty at the line of scrimmage. Again, we're talking with Mark Craig here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So what would you say that Duke's probably his, his biggest strength is that he brings to a team? Just the will to compete, you know, not being not being afraid. I mean, it sounds like a cliche and everything, but you know, whenever he was he was stuck on Dawson Knox, and that you would you would think that would be one of the ultimate uh, mismatches, and it was all in favor of here's a red zone play in Buffalo with um, with Josh Allen and a, and a tight end that's you know a pretty good player uh, in the red zone, and you got him you know one on one with with Duke Shelley, who's just literally had come off the bench, and he makes that play. You know that. Um, it takes it takes some you know some uh, instincts to do that. Uh, you know, like Dantzler, you the you know year before, you know in a key situation in Detroit uh, to walk off. The Lions hadn't won a game. It's a but they went on a walk off touchdown because Cameron Dantzler is still backpedaling when he's in the end zone and they throw the ball uh, and and you know he didn't even compete on that play. So that stuff's not going to happen to Duke. I think Duke is going to. You know, within the, you know, the rules are always against those guys. Uh, and it gets worse every year, it seems. But <laughs> right. uh, Duke's going to be a guy that's going to, you know, be on a guy and uh, he may get beat, but he's going to be there competing. Well, I'll tell you what, the last seven games of the season, Pro Football Focus had him graded at 69.1, and Jair Alexander was a 66.4. So that tells me a lot right there. So a lot of times when guys play in a limited role, they put out the, you know, the best work that they can in that small capacity with a larger amount of, of action that's put you know, in front of them. If the Raiders do you know, choose to put him out there and give him a large capacity of work, do you think he'll continue to excel? Is he kind of that chip on the shoulder and just wants that opportunity to go out there and show what he could do? Yeah, I mean, my instincts tell me, you know, a lot of guys play well in their contract years. They, you know, they they're playing for their for their second contract or their a big bigger con. I don't know what he got from the Raiders, uh, but I'm sure he got he got paid more than he's been paid before. Uh, but my, pre, you know, I, and again, it's it's you know, we don't know them as well as we should or mm-hmm. we would like to. But right. my instincts tell me, talking to him, he's not the kind of guy that's going to get lost in the money. Um, you know, and he had a good mentor. You know, you know Patrick Peterson. Uh, sometimes, you know, we talk about leadership or locker room guy, or or how they relate to their teammates. It could be overrated, but in Peterson's case, uh, there's no there's no better professional, I think, at the position right now than than Patrick Peterson and, and you know Duke. You know, and he you know had that time together. So I think that helps him. Also, I just think his personality. I think he wants to be good. So. I don't think him getting paid is going to be uh, the, the reason he would go backwards. Mark Craig is our guest, Minneapolis Star Tribune, here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Go ahead, Demond. I see that you wrote a story about the former Vikings coach, Bud Grant, so I've got to ask you, what were some, what were some of the best stories that you got for some of his former players? Uh, a lot of it's about, it's about Bud, um, you know, Bud being a man of few words, you know, coming on the heels of Norm Van Brocklin, who was like this volatile, you know, just constantly belittling the players. He, obviously, Norm was a 
Hall of Fame quarterback, and he walked right into a quarterback into the head coaching job in 1961. So Bud replaces him. So Bud is now this guy who's more of a he's stern uh, but fair. Didn't say a lot. So then Bud obviously liked to, to hunt. Uh, he liked to hunt everything mm-hmm. that was in, whatever was in season. Bud was out killing it. And so two players decided to, to go hunting with Bud in Nebraska. So they get in Bud's truck, and they decided they were not going to say one word until Bud spoke first, just to prove that, you know, say, we're going to make Bud speak first. Well, they, they made it all the way through Iowa, almost <laughs> into Nebraska, and it's time to get gas. So Bud pulls over and says, and the only thing Bud says was he goes, it was full when, when we left, meaning it was, and then, then these guys started laughing. Uh, Dave, Dave Osborne running back, and uh, at the time, Mick Tinglehoff um, were laughing about it. You know, like that, that was Bud's way of, you know, letting them know exactly what needed to be done. They, they, there was gas that needed to be paid for, and they had to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, good stuff right there. So, uh, Mark, as we wrap this up, it sounds like when it comes to Duke, maybe he'll be out there doing a little hunting, you know, as a, as a cornerback, hunting those wide receivers and hunting that ball, trying to get after it. Uh, would you tell Raider Nation that, that they got a good one, uh, regardless what the contract looks like, a pretty good player in uh, Duke Shelley? Yeah, I think they did. I I, I love overachievers, and he's, he's an overachiever. You look at him, you don't you don't expect him. You don't expect much from him when you see him. But uh, boy, he can. You know, I'm just saying he could say he could have said that about Antoine Winfield uh, Senior back in the day, and he was one of the best corners uh, you know the Vikings have ever had. So uh, I think they got a good one. I think he's going to give them everything he has. There you go. That's all you could ever ask for. Well, Mark, fantastic stuff, man. Thanks for hopping on with us real quick to give us a little bit of insight, a little skinny on Duke Shelley and find out what kind of player the Raiders have uh, agreed to terms with and sign earlier today. We definitely appreciate you. What do you got working on that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Uh, we're just, you know, right now, It's uh, they're just finishing up. You know, the first week of free agency came and went. They, their first signing was a blocking tight end, but they, they, <laughs> so it wasn't, not a lot of, lot of money being thrown around, but um, you know, just, uh, just the, the daily NFL, you know, the free agency. Oh, we know. We know all about that. Is Kirk Cousins, is that is that the long-term guy? What, what's the what's the end-all, be-all when it comes to the quarterback situation in Minnesota? Well, they have, you know, they just they put two more void years at the end, uh, end of his deal to get his, his cap number down by $16 million. So they, they have not done an extension on him. So, you know, I would not be surprised if um, – if they, I think I've seen a few mock drafts where they've taken the Tennessee quarterback. Mm. Uh, feels like uh, with this franchise and how you know the, before he came, you know, not that you know Kirk is, uh, you know, fifty percent love him, fifty percent hate him. Uh, he's 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 kind of that been that that kind of guy. It's but he's still he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And but I feel like there you know this could be the year that they they look for the transition. You know, not a guy who's going to start this year, but. Maybe a guy that could start as early as next year or the year after. That should be interesting. I know my guy James Lynch. Is he still there? And is he still kicking? Is his job secure? Is he fighting for a job? Well, you know their defensive line is not real, uh, real stellar or deep. But uh, so yeah, James is another guy that you know probably you know wouldn't be surprised if had he been cut as a rookie or you know, or early on. But he, he's an overachiever as well. I, you yeah. know, he, he works in. He goes 100 miles an hour whenever he's on the field, too. 
Yeah, he was that guy at Baylor. I covered him at Baylor, and uh, he won Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, and I knew immediately he was going to go to the league, and I think the Vikings got him in the fourth round, and I know that's a tough tough transition transition from the Big 12 to the NFL, but uh, he's hung around for a while, so there's that. Well, Mark, again, fantastic stuff, man. Thanks so much. We definitely appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. All right, there he goes. Mark Craig right there for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, giving us a little bit of a background on Duke Shelley, and then, of course, we scatter shoot a little bit as well with them. But Duke Shelley played uh, in 11 games last season, five starts, career highs in tackles, interceptions, and pass defense, 30 tackles, an interception, and eight passes defense for the new corner for the silver and black. And the Raiders are slowly but surely putting together that secondary, right? I mean, they're starting to put more bodies, more uh, competitors in that room, and that's all you could ask for. If you have guys in there that can compete and fight for jobs, that's all you want. And then on top of that, guys that don't get the starting job, they're really good backups. I don't know what Duke Shelley's role is going to be, but again, I told I was able to tell a lot, Damon, by all the Viking fans that were like, wait a minute, what? Wait, wait, hold on. I mean, I'm reading articles talking about he should be the long-term solution at the outside, the boundary corner, not the slot corner, at five foot nine. Right? Could you imagine Raider Nation calling in here and saying, hey, Amik should be on the outside all the time? Right? I mean, you, you, you don't hear that. But Duke Shelley, there's something about him and his man-to-man you know, way of playing, the bump and run, you know, being real physical at the line of scrimmage, Viking fans were, were big fans of. Oh, yeah. Even when you see, like, you talk about the fans' reaction to a player leaving, he was only there for one season. Right. And they we're also seeing the highlight videos of Duke Shelley, all of his stuff, right. you know, his passes defended that he had last season, where they are really, hey, I'm not saying, you know, broken up about it, but they are really like, oh, man, we let Duke get away. Right. No, they are. That's exactly what they're saying. And, you know, again, I I think what uh, Mark said, I think, was really big about, you know, him having a good uh, mentor in Patrick Peterson. I mean, Patrick Peterson's all pro. He's a really sticking good corner, always has been, coming out of LSU. So I think that maybe having him uh, to kind of guide him a little bit there in Minnesota might have helped. But I'm excited about him, right? I mean, there's no no signing that the Raiders have made that you think, oh, that's the end-all, be-all, man. That's going to be the difference maker. But I think that Duke Shelley could help provide a little something, something. I did see Raider Nation with a, a few more thumbs up than I saw middle fingers, you know, after, the, after it was announced that he was, uh, he was signing with the Raiders. And that one for me was not on my radar. As many of, like Robert Spillane, wasn't on my radar. This one wasn't on my radar. But all of a sudden it popped up and I thought, okay, well, let's do a little bit of research. And that's when I saw uh, some pieces out there by Mark and saw some other pieces out there by other folks that cover the Minnesota Vikings and thought, we got to have him on to find out about him. So I thought that was some little good background. And again, at the end of the day, provide at least some really good competition in that cornerback room, which we all know the Raiders need some competition in that cornerback room. Hey, we got this from EP Raider 21. Great interview with the Vikings insider. Duke Shelley, 100 emoji, 100 emoji, eyeball emoji, eyeball emoji, fire emoji. Appreciate the coverage. Where did we get that from? Twitter? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm looking. I was like, I don't see. I don't see all these. Where's these eyeballs at? I'm missing the eyeballs. I want to see some eyeballs. Okay. EP Raider 21 on Twitter. Hey, EP Raider 21. Thank you so much. You know, the funny thing is, um, and, and I love Raider Nation. I love our listeners, man. And, and they're kind of accustomed to, and I talked about this the other day, that me and you, and you know what I'm thinking at all times. I know what you're thinking. And so immediately when we see something or you see something, you're like, yeah, okay, I know what Q's thinking when it comes to this. Well, one of our great listeners hit me up earlier and said, man, there's a lot of Viking fans upset about, you know, Duke Shelley being gone. Would love to hear more about him on the show today if you can make that happen. And I tweeted back, 
Yep, got it covered at 205. Mark Craig is going to join us. Like, already thinking like we think, right? Because, again, that's what we do. It is our job to educate you and educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to act like I knew that Duke Shelley was a hell of a player and that Wasn't Minnesota on my mind fans, before this morning. Yeah, exactly. I was not worried about any Duke Shelley. But after doing some research and finding out that the Raiders, you know, signed him, I thought, man, he seems like a pretty good player. And that's why I caution Raider Nation not to get so up in arms about certain guys just because you haven't heard of them. Because I did get a bunch of those tweets, too. Who? Oh, let me go Google. Let me do this. And that's okay. But that doesn't mean he's a bad player because he wasn't on your radar. He wasn't on mine either. But from everything I've been hearing, sounds like he's going to be pretty stinking good. So I definitely uh, appreciate that. I'm glad that Mark Craig was able to give us a little bit of uh, insight on who Duke Shelley is. Uh, Gizmo said on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. The saying, the saying goes, don't shop for groceries on an empty stomach. With all, with all the free agency moves, Ziegler has been making our cupboard near full, and now we can, make second, or we can make sound decisions in the draft without all the pressure. Love these shrewd moves right now. Let's go Raiders. That's from Geese Mode. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, fantastic interview with Mark Craig. Love the insight on our new player. Joining the Raiders. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. And... Uh, that, yeah, those are the texts we got right there. So we definitely appreciate those two texts. And again, uh, there's nothing wrong with getting a little bit of insight, a little bit of background on the latest player who is Duke Shelley from the Silver and Black. We'll take one quick call before we take a break. I said 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Houston and L.A. Houston and L.A. Welcome back to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q, man, dang, like three days. Like after I got my little red on, I'm doing pretty positive, bro, but... Hey, it's looking good already. It's looking better, dude. It's looking better. <laughs> All we needed was a rant from you. We're good. It's crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, I knew they were playing money ball. You know what I mean? I just, I just wanted, you know, some some results. You know, a little, little, little stronger on the defense. But then, I mean, within that time, honestly, I mean, I can't lie to you. It's like the uh, the free safety. I think he was already there. I was talking about from Buffalo. But then mm-hmm. a couple other decent pieces came came through, and then um. On the offensive side, we needed that tight end as well. You know, yeah. Hooper to go uh, along with the uh, Alabama cat. I mean, a lot of Alabama cats are nice, you know, from the giddy up anyway. Yep. But um, I'm kind of slipping on my man, which is going to be 83 from, um, you know, he was from Tampa Bay and been around the tight end. I'm, I don't know. Oh, OJ Howard? His name. Howard, exactly, yep. bro. And uh, just, hey, man, I'm I'm just going to stay out of it as far as these negative opinions now, man. <laughs> I, you know, I learned my lesson. I'm going to kick back. You know what I mean? Kick back, <laughs> relax, and let, let the show roll. You know, hoping for the best. You know what I mean? Raider Nation for life, baby. That's all I want to say, Q. God bless y'all. Got a great show. Appreciate you, my man. Houston and L.A., and that's okay, right? That's fine. It's okay to be frustrated and then come back and say, you know what? Hey, everything's a little bit better. That's all good. That's what we're here for. And, again, it's not because we're pumping pumping uh, you know rainbows and, and puppy dogs up your backside. We're not doing that. Just kind of rolling with the punches and see how they go. And, and, and things, to me, are rolling in a positive direction where what the Raiders are doing right now is setting them up for not having to force the issue when it comes to late April and the NFL draft. 2.26 is the time. When we come back, Vinny Bonsignor, he'll break it down a little bit more, what the Raiders have been able to do, what they may be looking for in the future. We'll join him next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. And before we get into Vinny's conversation and, and kind of pick his brain on everything uh, that he's got going on, everything silver and black. I wanted to pass along this message that I just received from Peg Leg Raider. I thought it was really good information. He said, great points on Shelly. Talking about Duke Shelly, the latest cornerback for the silver and black. Living in Military City, USA. Shout out to San Antonio. There are tons of transplants here. I've heard noise from Steeler fans upset that we took their linebacker. Eagle fans saying they wanted to keep Epps. My neighbor's a Titans fan and uh, he was hurt over losing Hooper. And now Viking fans are sad about Shelly. Early indications that Ziggler's doing okay. Still need to play. Uh, still need to play out on the field, but it gives me more confidence in the process. And even in a city of transplants from all over, still no Charger fans. It's my guy, Peg Leg Raider. With that being said, let's go ahead and bring in Vinny Bonsignor, who joins us. And of course, you can check out all his work on the RJ. That's the Las Vegas Review Journal, and of course, Raider Nation Radio nine twenty seven a.m. to ten a.m. Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, and Vinny. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you, Duke Shelley. We just had a nice little interview with our guy up in Minneapolis about Duke. Shelley and what he brings to the table. So as you did your research, and I know you were deep diving on, on Duke Shelley as well, what did you see about him, and, and how do you think he fits in Patrick Graham's defensive scheme? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, uh, you guys. I think the, the the first thing is you look at what he did last year compared to what he did the last couple of years prior to that, and then you look at, okay, what position was he playing the two years prior to it compared to what he was playing last year because he played really well last year. Well, he, moved, he, was, he was playing the slot primarily in Chicago, uh, when he got to Minnesota and got an opportunity, they put him on the perimeter, and a whole new world opened up to him. He showed that he could play on the perimeter in the NFL. Um, you know, you look at the size five nine. I'm sure everyone's automatically thinking, "All right, slot cornerback," because of the because of the uh, the lack of height. But sometimes it doesn't work that way. Uh, I think Amik Robertson kind of showed that with the Raiders. Uh, he wasn't suited for the slot necessarily. He's better when he plays out on the perimeter, and it sounds like. Um, you know, uh, Duke is certainly fits that kind of a category. So he got things turned around in Minnesota, playing a position that he's obviously more comfortable in. And we'll see now if that translates over here with the Raiders and if maybe they've gotten their, themselves a player who's on the upswing. Do you think that he's a guy, and I know that he played on the outside in Minnesota, and that's what our guy Mark Craig just told us, that he never played in the slot. But with that being said, do you think he has the versatility, something that Dave Ziegler and company look for in all their players, to play multiple positions on that defense? Well, he's definitely done it. I uh, can't sit here and say he did it at a high level in the slot uh, because the numbers don't necessarily suggest that. It, it was, I, I, I should say this. His numbers were way better on the perimeter okay. uh, compared to uh, in the slot. So can he? Yeah, absolutely. He's done it. Uh, for, he did it for a couple of years. And don't forget, Champ Kelly was in uh, Chicago when yep. he was in Chicago as well. So uh, there's a connection there. Can he? Yeah. Um, and maybe is he more confident now that he really got his uh, feet on the ground uh, with the Vikings last year playing on the perimeter? Maybe that makes it a little bit easier for him. He's a little bit more of a confident player. Uh, but I would think just based on the numbers and, and what he was able to do last year, that's probably where he'll start off. You know, let me ask you this, because you mentioned uh, Champ Kelly. He's the guy that we got a chance to talk to at the uh, Combine in Indianapolis. How, how much of an advantage is it, and maybe advantage is the wrong word, that the Raiders have him on the staff because he's well-respected across the league as a talent evaluator. Yeah, he is, and there's no question about it. And he is uh, an asset. He's going to be a general manager uh, before, before long. So, um, and that's a good thing. We want to see that. Everybody wants to see uh, people grow in their positions and get their opportunities to go run their own team. Um, so that's probably not uh, a day that's too far off uh, for Champ Kelly. But what I, and, and I think you're seeing 
some of his uh, influence, along with Dave Ziegler, in some of these moves that they make? Are they uh, big names that you know the Raiders are just throwing a bunch of money at? No, but they they all seem to be fitting a profile outside of maybe Philip Dorsett who just brings an element that the Raiders needed, which was speed. And Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, they needed a quarterback, 30 years old. Um, aside from those two guys, everybody is under 30 years old. And for mm-hmm. the most part, 27 and under, 26 and under. Guys that um, have flashed the last couple of years in a, in a way that's kind of like their, their careers are getting on the right path. David Long uh, comes to mind. I really think that the David Long signing – is, is shrewd as well. I was there when the Rams drafted him. I know why they drafted him and who the coach was. It was Wade Phillips uh, at that time. And he was a man, press man, cover guy uh, who likes to have his you know cornerbacks play out on an island so he could blitz uh, other players from the secondary and linebackers um, to get after the quarterback. Well, that's what he was drafted to do. But then his second year, they bring in Brandon Staley, who plays an entirely different defensive scheme, more of a zone coverage look, which really didn't fit David Long. He comes to the Raiders. He goes back to playing man. Uh, to me, that's a sneaky good signing as well. But to answer your question, absolutely. Jeff Kelly is a valuable asset to the Raiders organization. Talking right now with Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. But you can catch Vinny on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. Uh, DeMond's got one for you. Go ahead, DeMond. Filling the void since Darren Waller has left. The Raiders have picked up two tight ends. Got that Triple H in the tight end room now. But Austin Hooper, what do you think about that signing? And do you think he's going to be the tight end one? Or do you think that they go for a tight end in this heavy tight end draft? I wouldn't be surprised um, if they if they reeled in one of the tight ends, only because it's such a good class that you don't want two years down the line going, man, should have gotten that guy in the second or third round. So I do think that they'll probably bring in a, a tight end. I know that they uh, they really like this particular glass, uh, class. Uh, but, yeah, I think Austin is, is the day one you know starter. And in his case, uh, the numbers haven't you know uh, been there the last few years in, in Cleveland and Tennessee. But you also look at the targets. You know, his targets went down from his last two years in Atlanta when he was a Pro Bowl player playing with Matt Ryan as his quarterback uh, in, a, in more of a pass, you know, pass type of an offense than going to Cleveland, running offense, Tennessee, running offense. Um, and his, it, it was not, the, only, not only did his numbers drop in terms of production, so did his targets. So there's a correlation there. With the Raiders, maybe the maybe the targets go up and the numbers go up, but I think um, at at the price that they paid uh, Austin, I think the Raiders got a a bargain uh, at that position right there. And now I know that the Raiders they've been making the rounds when it comes to the pro days. Hey, there are a lot of great players at Ohio State and Alabama, but I've got to wonder: Are do you think they're still looking at those quarterbacks just in case? You have to, and um, here's 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 the reason why. Uh, at some point, the Carolina Panthers are going to make a decision, and then Ball is in Houston's court, and then they're going to have to make a decision. Um, and we're not, nobody knows, uh, I don't care who you're talking to, nobody knows what Carolina is going to do uh, with that first pick. Uh, it, it might be C.J. Stroud. It might be Anthony Richardson. It, it could be Will Levis. We don't. It could be Bryce Young. Don't really know. And the reason I say all that is because sitting there at number three, the Arizona Cardinals, who don't need a quarterback, uh, could, could be sitting in the bird's seat when it comes to that selection. And you never know who might be available there in terms of those quarterbacks because we really don't know yet what Carolina is going to do. Uh, so the Raiders have to be prepared. And they, the reason they need to be prepared is 
if there is a quarterback that they truly covet that falls to Arizona, they got to be ready to make that move. And I'm sure those are conversations that Dave Ziegler is having with his counterpart in Arizona. You know, um, once they decide like who they do like at quarterback, you know, you, you call Arizona, and if Arizona is open to a trade, which I believe that they are, you agree to a trade before the draft even starts. So you talk about parameters, All right? Mm-hmm. If our guy is there at third, at number three, what would it take, um, you know, to move up? And let's go ahead and sort of agree on all that right now so that if that scenario presents itself to the Raiders on draft day and the Cardinals, they're ready to just make that call, let's execute this trade, boom, the Raiders are in the third spot. But in order to have a clear understanding of if they even want to do that, they have to do all their homework on these quarterbacks, and that's getting an up-close look at them and at their pro days, uh, talking to them, doing all the background uh, work that they do on these guys on the college campuses, and I'm sure every one of them are going to be part of that 30 group that the Raiders bring uh, to their facility in Henderson at some point during the process as well. You have to know, you have to have all your bases covered so that if that opportunity presents itself, you're, you're, you're ready to make a decision one way or another. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So let's see, the Raiders were at Ohio State's Pro Day, as DeMond mentioned. They were at Bryce Young's Pro Day today with Alabama. They took Bryce Young out to dinner after he had dinner with Carolina last year. There were reports that the Raiders were trying to trade up to number one before Carolina got them. Any chance that the Raiders may still be trying to have conversations with even the Carolina Panthers and getting up to number one? Um... I mean, the only, yeah, I, I think you make the call, uh, Q, for sure. And, and, you know, you talk about that. Uh, because, and, and this is what I heard um, from some people uh, in the league. When Carolina made that move, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Rams when they moved up in 2016. They didn't, the Rams didn't know at, in 2016 when they moved all the way up to number one who they were going to select. They just wanted to be in that position to make that determination on their own. They didn't want to let anybody else make that determination for them. Because, you know, when you're not at number one, you're beholden to whoever is ahead of you, right? And, and so part of your decision is going to be based on what that team's decision was. So the Rams did this in 2016. Carolina did this uh, uh, this year. They want to get to the number one spot, then take her from there. Use these next month, month and a half, or whatever it is, to make that determination. Hey, what happens if after this entire process is over, the Carolina Panthers are like, geez, not sure that we do like right, uh, you know right. a quarterback here number one. So if you're Dave Ziegler, you have to you have to at least talk uh, to the Carolina Panthers about you know what are you feeling, what are you thinking, uh, where, are, where where's your head at? Would you be willing uh, to trade back down? Because gosh darn it, we did fall in love with somebody here. So can we work something out? So yeah, I think those conversations can still be had. You know, and if they do stay there at seven, which I kind of my gut feeling tells me they're going to, with what they've done so far in free agency, have they opened it up where they can literally just take? especially on defense, the best player available, and I know that's kind of cliche, but just the best player available, and I'll say on the defensive side of the ball, to try to build that team up with all the draft capital that they have. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think, I think what they decided this offseason was it would be easier, not easier, but uh, more conducive to be able to bring in offensive parts and fit it into you know, Josh McDaniels, what, he's, what he wants to do. Um, and, and maybe a little bit more seamlessly than it would be to go get a bunch of defensive guys and try to do that on the defensive side of the ball. I think they feel like with, with some of the pieces that they already have in place, they could be a really good offense just bringing in and adding some, some you know, the Jacoby Myers, uh, the tight ends that they brought in, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas on defense, 
I think they truly feel cued that the way you build a defense is you invest in them at the earliest stages as a rookie. And you bring all these guys in. It could be nine guys on the defensive side of the ball, eight guys on the defensive side of the ball that they bring in in this draft and throw them out there together and teach them together and have them learn. And, you know, uh, hopefully if it works out with, you know, a good amount of them, those, that's going to be the defensive foundation that you're starting from. And every one of these guys is hearing the same message. Every one of these guys is being coached in the same system, as opposed to going to get a guy from New Orleans and then Indianapolis and then you know Jacksonville and the New York Giants and throwing them all together. It kind of had the Raiders have been doing these last few years, and in a couple of months, try to get them all ready to go play as a cohesive unit. It just feels like defense needs more than that. You just can't do that and play a you know, It can happen every once in a while, but I think by and large, you have to build your defense from within. Hearing the same message, getting these guys in at this point in their careers, the earliest point of their careers, and teaching them together to build a good defense. I already know that the answer is nah, so I want some elaboration on why. <laughs> nah! <laughs> why do you not think it would be a good move if the Raiders were to trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Nah. It's not, it's not so much that I don't think it's a good, new, a good move. Um, anytime you add a DeAndre Hopkins uh, into the mix, you know, you're, 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 it's, obviously he's a great player. I'm just saying, nah, the Raiders aren't thinking along those lines. So whatever Pac-Man Jones said today or whenever he said it, um, that's not happening. All right. Well, that was interesting. I was going to throw that question out there, but maybe I won't, you know, because it was intriguing, right? I mean, especially because you think that that would mean that Hunter Renfro would be on the move, uh, you know, maybe a swap for DeAndre Hopkins and Hunter Renfro, and who knows what they're looking at, that number three pick. Maybe they can, you know, kind of package some things together. But uh, if Vinny says that's not the way they're thinking, then that's not the way they're thinking. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Great stuff as always, my man. Final question for you. You'll be at the owner meeting next week. I'll be at the owner's meetings next week. What will you be looking forward to? Like, what is on your radar at the top of the list that you want to come out of those owner meetings knowing? Well, definitely a um, couple of things. Number one, uh, you know, digging into uh, the heads of, of, of Dave and, and Josh uh, post Free agency, you know, they did a lot of heavy lifting, and they still continue to do it. It may not be the big names that we've been, as we've been talking, but the Raiders have had a, added a whole bunch of players uh, to this football team. So, where are they uh, at in terms of that process? And to your point, the question earlier: Have they done moves, kind of in a purposeful way, to be able to really focus in now on defense? Um, you know, uh, with their draft picks. You know, that's that, that's number one. Obviously, the first time we're going to be talking to them uh, officially about uh, Jimmy G. Yeah. Being the quarterback, Jacoby Myers, you know, bringing him in. So there's a lot to talk about. But, of course, there's going to be a lot of talk also about the draft because the, 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 the focus is slowly shifting uh, toward, toward that element of the offseason. And we see, like, you know, Dave and Champ and everybody else, Josh McDaniels at all these pro days uh, doing their due diligence. Um, it's, the focus is really starting to zero in on that draft. And I, and I think it's going to be for Raider fans – a really exciting draft weekend. I think that uh, if they do their homework and they do their jobs right, um, this can be a transformative draft for the Raiders. It really can be. I'm excited about the end of April. Can't wait to be in Kansas City to cover it like a glove. Can't wait to be in Phoenix this upcoming weekend. And I'm sure I'll run into you tomorrow here at the radio station. But if I don't, make sure you have safe travels to Phoenix. And, of course, I'll catch up with you at the owners' meetings. What are you working on in the meantime and between time uh, before we head to Phoenix? Yeah, uh, just trying to kind of set up where, where this team is uh, as, a, as a roster. I was just looking at the last story I did about this, which was all of three days ago, and it's already changed. <laughs> I wouldn't say dramatically, but enough where 
oh, that story is you know obsolete at this point. Yep. So it's 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 moving fast and furious, trying to keep up with it. Uh, but I can't wait to see you also at the owners' meeting. I think it's going to be a blast. Yeah, well, well, Vinny, I appreciate your work as always, both on the RJ and of course here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty, and giving us a few minutes of your time this afternoon. Thanks so much, my man. All right. Have a great show, guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Vinny Bonsignor right there. You can find him on Twitter, at Vinny Bonsignor, of course, on the morning tailgate with Clay and Heidi, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., and all his work is on the RJ. does fantastic work. And, of course, he'll be in Phoenix, Arizona for the owners' meetings. I'll be in Phoenix for the owners' meetings. Uh, we'll bring you a lot of coverage. And I'm telling you, Raider Nation Radio 920 continues to to go bigger and bigger and bigger each and every year, and our coverage is just going to get greater and greater and greater. And I'm sure that there's some websites out there that are writing about whatever they're hearing on the station right now, and that's fine. It's good flattery. We appreciate it. But, uh, you know, they can also give us credit at times. 2.47 is the time. Many thanks to Vinny. We appreciate you. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out hour number one. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Many thanks to Vinny Bonsignor. Join us in the last segment talking all things silver and black. We got a text message on our don'tbebroke.com text line. Always references the Rams and the Lakers. That's because that's what Vinny knows. (laughs) Right? We're all going to reference what we know. Believe it or not, as a Bay Area kid... Most of the stuff I reference when it comes to sports and sports radio and coverage is Texas stuff, right? I'm the encyclopedia when it comes to Texas, which I never thought that'd be me, but it's worked out really well. Vinny's got SoCal covered. I got the Lone Star State covered. I mean, that works out really well when it comes to our coverage because there's some, just like we'll have Tyree Wilson's college coach, Joey McGuire, on next week. Tyree Wilson very well could be a Raider at the end of April. He's a stud, and he's at Texas Tech. And you know how I'm going to be able to get him on? Because I know him. So that's, a, that's not a bad thing, right? Because Vinny references the, the Rams or the Lakers or something in SoCal, it's all right. I'm okay with that. As long as we get the coverage and as long as we get the insight that we need, I'm good with that. I'll be darned if I said, this reminds me of when I was with the Lakers. And you get mad at me? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like when I saw and Kobe. I don't think they're mad at him. I just, it's funny because everyone always talks about, well, Vinny's always talking about SoCal because that's where he came from. That's what we know. When I saw Kobe when he was nice, I would tell everybody every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I saw? I saw Kobe. Yeah, I would too. I'd probably brag on that a little bit myself. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Again, we got Chrissy Freud, SI.com, coming up at the top of the hour, talking about quarterbacks, but the 2023 quarterbacks. But let's go out to Mitch in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. You know, I always, I always thought Vinny was from uh, Brooklyn or Staten Island, my neck of the woods. Yeah, but he 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 covered sports in, in L.A. He was a Minnesota Viking fan growing up. But, yeah, he was a big-time uh, Southern Cal guy. I mean, everyone knows Vinny from SoCal. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, I hear him on, on the stations over there. Um, well, it looks like I don't see in the app is not passing on Anthony Richardson. So, and we signed two um, tight ends, so I guess we get the best defense of the guy. But two more things. I'm kind of piggybacking from yesterday. Okay. Um, what is that? You said uh, – Vegas is the sports entertainment. When they're going to get a basketball team, and, and when are the Oakland A's moving in, and what do you think about UCLA uh, winning tonight? Thank, thank you for the call, Mitch. I appreciate you. I actually got UCLA winning the whole tournament, so I think that they're going to win tonight. I know that they're favored by a point and a half, and uh, I believe that they'll beat Gonzaga, even though that's going to be a tough match. That's going to be a fun one, man. It really is. And here in Las Vegas, and I do believe it's the sports capital of America. I think it's the, the Mecca. Everything is going on here. The NIT championships going on here. Uh, they got the Sweet 16. The Elite Eight's going to be going on here in Las Vegas. The A's will be here eventually. They will. The AAA team, the Aviators. We had Matt Neverett on. He calls the Aviator games. He he's uh, you know the voice of the AAA team. The A's will be here eventually. I'm not a big fan of that because I don't like their business style. But that's whatever. 
Uh, the NBA team will be here in a couple years as soon as the CBA is over, and they'll, they they give a team to Seattle, as they should. Should have never took the team out of Seattle. And then there'll be a team here in Vegas as well. We already have the G League and Knight, which is the uh, the G League team. You know, so I mean, there it's it's all coming, man. It's all coming. Uh, excited about everything that's that's blowing up here. And and the good thing is, we're here on the ground floor. We're here before it really blows up, right? Like guys like JT have been here way longer than I have. But I'm just blessed to be here in this situation now because everyone wants to be here. I have a phone full of people that are like, Q, Q, can you get me to Vegas? Q, can you get me to Vegas? Demonic can tell you, Super Bowl, Radio Row, Phoenix. I had guys from Houston. I had guys from San Antonio. I had guys from North Dakota. Like Q, Q. Q, can you get me to Vegas? I'm ready to come to Vegas. I'm ready to do sports in Vegas. So uh, we can never, ever get comfortable with our jobs around here because there's so many guys on the outside that want these jobs. And DeMond, you witnessed it. You witnessed it in, in, in Phoenix, man. How many people want to be here in Vegas? Oh, people want to be here, and it's gotten to the point where now people are starting to ask me about what's yeah, about working go. here. Exactly. Like, my brother, thank you. I'm flattered <laughs> that you think I got the pool. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's starting to call no shots. <laughs> it's starting to spread where it's yeah. even yeah, I've seen it firsthand and now I'm experiencing it firsthand with people even asking me. It's crazy, man. I'll tell you and I tell the story all the time going back to Texas when I was there, my buddy John Smith, one of my best friends, I call him my brother. He always told me go to Vegas, go to Vegas. He told me I will rent a condo in Vegas and you could you could kind of Airbnb it out. If you moved to Vegas, because that's how much he was a fan of Vegas. And I didn't want to come here. I was the first thing. I didn't want to come here. I wanted to go back to the Bay. How long I, ago was this? This was uh, probably about three or four years ago. Oh, wow. Like it, it, it was it was recent. Right. And I was like, I'm going to go to the Bay. I'm going to work at 95 seven the game. I'm not going to I'm not going to Vegas. And he, he literally sat me down with a cold beer and was like, Q, Q. And he laid out every reason why I should be here. And I said, you know what? You're right. That's dumb. And then on top of that, he goes, and your mom lives there, you big dummy. And you know, like, I mean, and literally, and John could talk to me like that, right? He was like, your mom lives there. Why wouldn't you want to be there? The Raiders are there. All the sports are going there. Plus, I love Vegas. <laughs> so, uh, and, and believe me, when John comes to town, John comes to town. Everybody knows it. So uh, I'm, I'm just blessed to be here in the situation that, that we are. And this place is growing and growing and growing when it comes to sports. This is probably the biggest year in sports history in Vegas, the Super Bowl is going to be here. Obviously, the Elite Eight, uh, the Sweet Sixteen, uh, F ones here. I mean, just anything you can name is here right now. Two fifty-seven is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Matter of fact, before we do that, though, let's look for caller number nine seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Got a four pack of tickets to see the Vegas Vipers. Demond and Harry are on the call. We definitely appreciate them. You can hear the call right here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. But you could be there in person if you. Our call number nine right now, 702-365-9200, all courtesy of Finley Toyota. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.